You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Well, good morning. We're in the eighth chapter now still of Tomer Devorah, in which we're talking about the uh, three lower spirot, three lower virtues of God, Netzach Hod Yisod, which translate uh, to uh, eternity, splendor, and foundation. Uh, I think um, uh, Jacob's uh, translates them to endurance, majesty, and foundation. Okay, so he has slightly more British English than I do. Um, but, uh, but endurance, majesty, or, or, or eternity and splendor. Uh, and uh, the first... He's going to talk, he had been talking about, Cordovero had been talking about some of these virtues in, um, in, in constellation. In other words, uh, not necessarily individually, but, uh, but as in, in partnership with each other, especially Netzach and Hod, and frequently in, in uh, mystical literature, those two svirot, those two virtues are, are uh, offered in tandem um, because they're seen as complementary to each other. Uh, the now he's going to move into Yisod. Now, I, I want to preface Yisod uh, with saying that, um, that, that in much of Kabbalistic literature, uh, the divine virtues are, um, are sexualized. In, uh, in other words, the, uh, the, the, the figure, the uh, human figure that's created by outlining the different spirit is meant to be uh, the figure of a human being. Um, so you know, which which uh, which has its own um, um, issues and significance, um, but it also means that the um, the lower sphera of Yisod is uh, frequently understood to be God's member, um, and whether that's you know, the, I mean that's obviously metaphorical because God doesn't have a penis, but uh, but but it's 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 uh, the way in which well. <laughs> if you if you ask me, I don't believe that God actually has a penis. I don't believe that God is actually male or female. Um, uh, so therefore, uh, and God doesn't reproduce um, uh, in in at least the classical sense of the term. Uh, so I'm not sure if God needs sexual organs in order to do so. Uh, but uh, but the but it, it, the the metaphor of that is that um, this is the 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 conduit. This, this aspect of God is the conduit for bringing the higher virtues of God into reality, into existence, right? God exists uh, transcendent of reality, and Yisod, foundation, is what founds, uh, you know, implants, if, if you will, God's uh, uh, essence into the world. And so if we're uh, understanding, then, uh, the different divine virtues, as Cordovero is trying to, as, uh, as uh, uh, examples for human behavior... Uh, it means that when he talks about Yisod, he's going to uh, talk about uh, um, uh, sexual morality, um, which uh, we haven't really got to in the Tomer Devorah. He knew it was coming at some point. Uh, it had to. It's a medieval text. Uh, so here it comes. The ulam heach yargil ha'adam atzmo b'midat Yisod. So how can a person cultivate this uh, virtue of foundation? Sarich Ha'adam, I'm at the bottom of page 111 in the English, and uh, um, 
it will, it'll skip over to 112 in just a second. Tzaricha adam lehizaher me'od mehadibor hamevili dehirhor. A person needs to be very careful, needs to guard himself very much against uh, speech that will lead him to uh, inappropriate thoughts. Okay? So it's not even talking about, uh, uh, it's not, it hasn't even gotten to uh, sexual immorality yet. It's only gotten to behaviors that might ultimately lead a person to, uh, to, uh, to, to sexual thoughts. Right, so, so loose speech, um, if you will. No television. No television. No pornography. No porno- certainly no pornography. Um, <laughs> you your eyes at all times. <laughs> but this is, it's, I mean, it's interesting because he's not talking about what your eyes see here. He's talking about what your mouth says, right? Um, or what your ears hear. He's talking about what your mouth says. So it's, it's, it's not so much what you hear or what you see. It's what you say. I think that part of that is that he takes the, the, the first two things, seeing and hearing things that might lead to uh, um, arousals, um, as, as givens. Right? He doesn't need to talk about them because those he feels, I think, are, are fairly obvious. But um, this one is actually, I think, fairly surprising, that, uh, that what you say, you need to be careful about what you say, not because of the classical understanding of why we should be careful about what we say. The cl- you know, we usually talk about, uh, you know... Um, Shmirat uh, lashon, guarding our speech because of how our words might hurt other people, right? So lashon hara, it's speaking negatively about others, even if it's true, etc., etc. Right? But that's not what he's talking about here in terms of guarding your speech. He's talking about guarding your speech so that what you say doesn't cause you to have uh, inappropriate sexual thoughts. It's a really interesting take on the idea of, of guarding your speech. Such as inappropriate, Mr. Uh, he he. He doesn't really, um, maybe because he doesn't want to become guilty in the description of what he's saying you shouldn't do. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what he has in mind here. Um, although maybe he's talking about something as simple as pillow talk. Right? Um, even with you, because you'll see in, a, in just a moment, um, he's even, he's very, uh, I don't want to get too political here, but he seems very Rick Santorum-like. In his uh, in, in his approach to uh, sexual ethics, um, um, that in that we'll see in the next paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right okay, yeah, I, I don't know that that's right either, though. Yeah. No, I'm, all I'm saying is that uh, I remember Rick Santorum giving uh, giving a speech uh, a few weeks ago in which he said uh, that, uh, that 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 that. That sex should only occur in the context of procreation, um, and that I think is what he's saying here. So I think he's saying even with even with your wife, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't dirty talk, right? Uh, unless you know it's going to be in a uh, in in the context of uh, of of making babies. He says, "Kadesh lo yavoli de carry." Right, so you don't uh, you don't accidentally have have a uh, seminal emission um, by virtue of the uh, of the dirty talk you're saying. Ein sarich lomar daber nevala. Right, and so it goes without saying um, that uh, that uh, um, uh, that you shouldn't speak obscenities. Ella afilu dibor tahor hamevili dehir vor rauli shamer mimenu, and even pure speech, clean speech that might lead you to inappropriate thoughts, you should guard yourself from that. Vahachi Dayak Lishana Dekra 
Al titenet picha lechati et So this is uh, why scripture uh, specifies in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, saying, "Don't enable your uh, mouth to convict your flesh. Right? Don't let don't let the words that are coming out of your mouth lead you to sin." There's another very famous, by the way, uh, passage in the Talmud that quotes that pa- that uh, that uh, that verse. Anybody know what passage in the Talmud quotes that verse? So, anybody ever hear of uh, a rabbi named Elisha Ben Abuya? Yeah. Who's Elisha Ben Abuya? Acher. What, what, so, what, what what do we know about him? He walked away from. Go ahead. This is where they, uh, they discuss uh, sending away the mother bird before you take. Is, it, is this the same story? Do right. So okay. So you're you're giving. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, you go ahead. No. So you're, what you're what you're about to offer, which right. is great, um, is uh, is not not the Talmud story of Elisha oh, Benabuya, uh, but it is a story elsewhere in the Midrash about Elisha Benabuya. Elisha Benabuya was a rabbi who uh, became a heretic. Okay? And there's a very famous uh, book, uh, a novelization, essentially a, a fictionalized account of his story called As a Driven Leaf by, uh, by Rabbi Milton Steinberg uh, of Blessed Memory, of formerly of Park Avenue uh, Synagogue. Um, and, uh, and and he wrote this beautiful one. If you just the price of admission to Tish this morning is a recommendation to read uh, as a driven leaf. If you haven't yet, it's an extraordinary book. It will give you an incredible insight into uh, the uh, the life and times of the rabbis. In addition to just being a really great read, um, and it's uh, and the the protagonist is this rabbi Elisha Benabuya. Uh, but the story originally comes uh, from the uh, from the Talmud, uh, in which. Um, Elisha Ben Abuya, along with three other rabbis, uh, go into heaven, guided by Rabbi Akiva. And two of the rabbis who go into heaven, uh, Ben Zoma and Ben Azai, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but one of them uh, dies and one of them goes crazy. Rabbi Akiva walks out unscathed, and Elisha Ben Abuya it, the term is he uproots the shoots. Right? In other words, uh, the, the Talmud says he, um, he became an apostate because of his experience in heaven. His experience in heaven was uh, that he saw an angel named Metatron uh, sitting down and writing the merits of Israel in a giant book. And Elisha Benabuya said, well, I thought only God has the authority to uh, sit and weigh the merits of Israel, as we say on Rosh Hashanah anyway, right? And, uh, and so why is this other character sitting down and, and writing down all the good things and bad things that the Jewish people are doing? Maybe, God forbid, there are two divinities. And because of that sort of logical inference that he gives voice to, uh, he is kicked out of, uh, out of heaven and then kicked out of the uh, rabbinic court. Um, but the rabbinic midrash that the Talmud gives about his actions there are based on this verse. Don't let the things that you say convict you. Right? Don't, make, don't self-incriminate. Right? So if you have a thought about whether maybe there's actually two gods, keep it to yourself. Don't say it out loud. Take the fifth. 
take the fifth. Exactly. Right. So, but in in this case, it, I think it has a more literal approach to that that phrase. Don't uh, say things that uh, that that make your flesh impure. He's here shaloyiten piv bedibor shemevila hachti basar kodesh ot brit bekeri. Don't uh, 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 give your mouth uh, over to speech that will bring you to sin. That will bring you to uh, to to make your holy flesh that has uh, that has the sign of the covenant inscribed in it. Don't say things that will enable that holy part of your body to have a seminal emission. Uktiv lama yiktova Elohim begomer veimhu navlut hapeh mailachati harehu baatzmochet. Right, and it's written, wherefore should God be angry? But if we if it meant. Um, uh, uh, obscenity of the of speech, when it says to bring guilt, right? That itself is guilt, right? It should be itself a sin to say things that are uh, uh, that are licentious in character. Ella di Bortahor. So it's going to show you that it's not only negative speech, licentious speech, but also pure speech, the casual conversation. Um, you need to be careful and cautious of that kind of speech as well. Right? This is why it says, to bring your flesh guilt. Why should God be angry? And what it means by this is that once you, uh, um, uh, once you, uh, um, when the sin results from your speech, God will be angry, even if the speech was permiss- permissible speech, and a negative action results from it. brit. That's how meticulous and careful you have to be about the sign of the covenant inscribed in your sexual organ, so that uh, it, uh, so that you uh, uh, shouldn't uh, uh, do destructive <coughs> behaviors through it. So how does this apply to women? So it doesn't. I think. I think his audience you were. I think it's. Yeah, I think. Gossip and sin and being uh, seen and. Mm-hmm. What, what, what what do we put here? <laughs> I think so. We know that. So I'll give the same midrash uh, in answer to that question. Don't say things that will uh, make things harder for you than they already are. Right? He's only dealing with men here because men, uh, you know, have a have a problem with loose speech. He's not. He's he's ignoring uh, women. So so I would say, if he if he doesn't say it's forbidden for you, don't create a new prohibition for yourself. That's what I would. That's Holy what I would say. Reading it. What? Holy men were reading. Only men were reading this, right? And um, yeah, so that's. But, that's but does it? But, but does it also? <laughs> does it also relate? Because he links this to the breed, the sign of the covenant, and the women aren't part of that. So, <laughs> well, well, that's not exactly true. It's not an act. We're talking, it, the, 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 the covenant is not inscribed in the in the woman's sexual organ, right? Um, so in that sense, you're right, but, uh, but but that seems to be the way he's writing here. That's that's. I'm not saying I buy that, but <laughs> well, he's not saying that women aren't involved in the covenant. He's saying that that there is a uh, a, a a relationship between a, a man and God that's that's actually inscribed and in, that's that's carved into their sexual organ, as it were, right? And and uh, inappropriate sexual behaviors 
um, call into question the holiness of that sign. Right? So women don't have quite that same problem. Although he would probably say that the reason women don't have that uh, have a brit milah, I mean, this is what you'll have uh, uh, many Orthodox rabbis will say today, the reason women don't have a brit milah is because they are already, in the totality of who they are, um, it, you know, inscribed in that, uh, in that covenant. Right? And so I think it would mean that, uh, that he might even be more, more stringent with women. Right? Don't say anything, not only that will cause you to have uh, inappropriate sexual thoughts, uh, but don't say anything at all. Because you're uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I say they have lots of luck. I see the jump from this to the things that that seem to be uh, over over time going on. For example, um, the problems that Haredi have on buses with women. But the, 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 the direction in which I'm looking at it is in terms of requiring women to do something which will reduce the opportunity for thoughts in men, inappropriate thoughts in men. And I'm thinking, for example, uh, I don't know whether it applies or not, but the Muslim requirement that women hide themselves, right. women have to wear a wig in, 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 in Judaism. Right. <clears throat> the question is, there's got to be an origin for this stuff. Is it the Torah that's the origin? If so, what is it? Or, or how does this thing trace back, and, and are the two related in some way? All right, so the the actual question that you're asking, I don't really want to answer because I don't feel equipped at the moment to answer okay. it thoughtfully. But I do want to say, actually, that I think that what he's saying here is actually not that. He's not saying... You know, uh, fathers hide your daughters and uh, and cover up all women and don't listen to women. He's not saying any of that here to prevent yourself from having sexual thoughts. He's saying that you are responsible for your own sexual thoughts. So if you go on a bus where there is an advertisement that has a picture of woman of a woman, it's not your job to rip it down. It's your job just to not to look. Right, I, that's I think closer to what he's saying here. You see a woman on the street that you uh, that you feel like you're going to get too aroused by looking at how she's dressed, then don't look. Right, so I think that's closer to what he's saying here. Um, he's not saying you know you should lobby your government to make it a law that all women have to um, have everything but their eyes covered. Right, I don't think, that, or lobby the government of Jerusalem, or riot in the streets when uh, when there are uh, um, uh, advertisements of women on bus stops. I don't think that that's what he's saying. Um, I mean, could be that were he alive today, he would say those things. But he, I think, is is making putting the onus on the male individual. Don't do things yourself that are going to cause you to um, be aroused. I, I was after the, the chain of reasoning that gets him to this these statements. I mean, it's not in a vacuum. Well, uh, right. Uh, so, again, that the context is, I think, a little bit more involved than I'm prepared to, okay, to that, offer no, here. Let me drop it because um, we're going to run out of time. But, uh, but, but I think that, uh, um, you know, it's his he's, of he's, he's medieval. Okay. Right? So, um, no medieval. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me just, let me just, uh, uh, th- this last paragraph is, uh, is possibly more troubling, um, and, 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 uh, also a little bit, uh, complex, and I also think it's, um, um, not, uh, not, not the most relevant to our lives, but, uh, I just want just 
by virtue of finishing the chapter just really quickly. Right, we'll do it in the English. Further care is necessary. For foundation, yesod, is the sign of the covenant of the bow. The, it means the rainbow here. All right, so, the, um, so you remember that in the story of Noah, um, the rainbow is the sign of the covenant between God and humanity. Right? In other words, it's the sign that God is, is going to continue to be present and care about human beings on earth. Right? That's uh, metaphorically what Yesod is about, that, that, that it links heaven and earth. Right? That, God, that God, a transcendent God, will always be uh, imminent and imminently involved uh, in, uh, in human affairs. So um, the, the, uh, the rainbow is uh, the sign of Yesod, um, and the rainbow of the upper world is only outstretched in order to shoot arrows into the quality of sovereignty, which is Malchut. We'll see this next week. Malchut, if Yesod is the divine masculine, Malchut is the divine feminine. Um, which is what he translates to sovereignty here, which means that uh, Malchut is the, if Yesod is what uh, uh, implants divinity into the world, Malchut is the receptacle for the implantation of that divinity into the world. Um, and so that's, it's the target for the arrows. The arrows here, I think, are a metaphor for that which might come out of a male sexual organ in order to um, implant something somewhere. Okay, um, preserving the drop which shoots as an arrow to bring forth branches and to bear fruit. Right, so it's it's what enables divinity to come into the world. Now, just or as procreation. Well, right. Okay, so that's the that's the image here. Right, so the the image of how how God comes into the, how the holy divinity comes into the world is the is is metaphorical procreation reproduction. Right, and similarly, right, that's where he's going to go with this. Is um, is essentially to say, well, we'll see in a second, right? Just as the supernal bow, right, just as God's rainbow is never stretched except it be toward this target, right? So God doesn't uh, put the rainbow in the sky except to say that uh, that God is going to uh, continue to bring godliness into the world. Right? There's no wasteful rainbow, except when there's a an awesome double rainbow. You guys seen that video? The guy sees a double rainbow in the sky, and he's totally excited. YouTube double rainbow. It's great. Okay, so, um, so uh, just as the supernal bow is never stretched except it be toward this target, so too man should not stretch his bow and allow himself an erection under any circumstances except it be for the proper purpose. This is now we'll make it more PC. This, well, you said it now, not me. Uh, <laughs> I did. He's not the only one who is. Right, I know. I, I, it's a, I, unfair to pick on uh, Senator Santorum. Um, uh, but uh, uh, who won the primary yesterday? Does Where? it matter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pennsylvania primary. I voted. Um, just because you're supposed to vote. Of course you are. So, uh, and I voted. Primary for what? The, well, there was the well, there were a bunch of primaries, sorry, but the Republican nomination. Came one for Attorney General. Oh, she did. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, all right, so a man should not stretch his bow and allow himself an erection under any circumstances except to be for the proper purpose, namely for his wife. Not only for his wife, but his wife when she is clean, which is the time of union, right? So when doesn't she define proper purpose. Okay. Um, so that's actually a good point. He could mean, and the Talmud does say that uh, that that right that men and women uh, could have uh, sex for pleasure. Um, so that, you you could be right there, yeah. Um, and not more than this, for it causes a flaw in this quality. God forfend. 
exceedingly great care must be taken. The main precaution is to guard oneself from sexual imaginings. Now we have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, now I dare you to go to work without having a sexual thought because yeah. you put it here. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how Netzach and Hode go study Torah somehow. That's no, support the Torah scholar is, is linked to this. <laughs> right. Um, so I think that, uh, that that that's really the so Netzach and Hod are about uh, are about uh, Torah study and about learning. Yesod is about um, is a, is about uh, uh, sexual. Thought. I think that they uh, he sees a link between um, well this is, between clean thoughts and the ability to properly study Torah. Um, but wasn't this more supporting the Torah scholar than the? I thought earlier on was actual Torah study. That's true, but he also talks about uh, in the paragraph where um, the second paragraph right, of the this, Gemara where, where right you you're supposed to learn from all uh, teachers. So I think they're all related to each other, um, but uh, but but I do think that he sees them as as related, right? So that um, um, that 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 if you um, that your speed. I mean, I think that the if you were to phrase this in a positive way, instead of the negative, you know, don't give a speech, don't make speech that's going to arouse you sexually. I think he could have positively said it as um, as uh, don't don't make any kind of null speech, right? Speak about matters of of Torah and importance, right? Um, and don't you know uh, don't talk about how hot that baby. Is. Right. Um, talk about uh, so. I think he could have made the connection a lot sharper, uh, and maybe it would have been. Um, I don't know. Maybe it would have been less interesting. Maybe it would have been more interesting. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but but th- th- there is, I think, a, a a connection there. In addition to the fact that Yesod is about bringing uh, how God brings divinity into the world, and I think that he would say that Torah study is how we do that as well. Have a good day. <laughs>